heart often because if, if I don't check it, can you turn me down just a little bit? Uh, if I don't check my heart, it, it gets hard, it gets critical, it gets cynical, it gets selfish, it gets nasty, it gets, it gets out of whack. And so just as some of you should go to the doctor, you know, yearly get your exam, and some of us who kind of put it off every once in a while, uh, we need to take care of our hearts. Proverbs says to guard our heart. Come on, right? Guard our heart. And so I want to talk this morning about our heart. How's your spiritual heart? How's it doing today? And, and, and what are you going to do to help it from being cold and, and uh, hard-hearted or, or broken and, and, and being stomped on? So let me read a couple of scriptures. Where I'm starting the, the Blessed Life series, but really it has to talk about what is God doing in your heart. So let me read this scripture to you real quick. Matthew 7, 1 and 2, and I think I have it on the screen. It says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged... Check this out. And with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. Let me just pray and we'll talk about this. Father, thank you that you're the giver of life. Thank you for to the reminder of this weekend. It's not just a long weekend. It's a weekend to remember those who gave their lives so we could have the freedom to come to church. We could vote like we want or not vote. We can eat the foods we want. We can drive where we want to go. We, can, we have freedoms because people have protected and given their lives for us. And we are glad for the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus gave, the freedom to free our hearts, to free our souls, to free our lives, to be who you want us to be, God. Because as we, we, we want to be the greater people that you're going to do. So Lord, Holy Spirit, right now, speak to us, encourage us, empower us, and help us to make our hearts strong and to have a heart that is loving like yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so this scripture, you see, it says, it says what? Do not what? Do not what? So we live in a judgmental society, don't we? Come on, yes? Come on, I know you're, you're awake, you're thinking about hamburgers and hot dogs and, and stew and bread and salad and fasting, right? You're not thinking about fasting. You're thinking about all the stuff you're going to do over the weekend. But here's what I want us to think about. Our hearts get judgmental, don't they? My, I'm going to be honest, my heart gets judgmental very quick. If I'm not careful, if I don't watch over it, if I don't, if I let everything around me come in and I think I see people the way I think I see them. Have you ever like mislabeled somebody? By you, you immediately saw them. In fact, Olivia and I were talking about this. One of our neighbors that lived near us in, uh, in, in Salt Lake City and, and uh, in, out west, uh, we used to call, you know, we call them lowriders. Anybody know what a lowrider is? Don't know what a lowrider is? How about a, a cholo? Okay. You know, so, so, so out there, it'd be, it would be kind of like, this is kind of where these Latino gangs came out. And so there was this guy living behind us. His name was Willie. And he, 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 he had the shuffle, the, 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 the you know, the, the lowrider, cholo shuffle, you know, and he had a, he had a Latino accent. And uh, he was a really, but he was a really good guy. But we first, when we first saw, he had tattoos and, and, and he wore the clothes. And we're like, this guy's a gangbanger. He, he's got a pit bull in the backyard. He's like, this is matching up. We're like, okay, so we're like, this Lord protect our house and Jesus watch over this place. And he was the greatest guy in the world. He was a family man. He had, he had escaped the gangs of L.A. and moved to Salt Lake City to get out of it. But he just still looked like a gangster. And so I judged him just by outside. And here's my point today. You and I look at people and we judge them. We hear their voice. We hear what they say and we judge them. And God, what does God say to us? Do not judge. And we live in such a judgmental society, judging us for who we are, judging us for what we're not. And so I want to help us. It's all about the heart. Say, it's all about the heart. 
Okay, so just to, again to help you know, I love all people, all colors, all skins, all creeds. I love all people, just to let you know. Okay, so if you were offended by me doing the lowrider, you know, cholo shuffle, I just grew up with those guys, and I anyway. All right, so you good? So now take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter six. I'm going to expand this a little bit more, and I want you to hear what I'm saying because I want you to say, how can God give me a loving heart like Him? How can I not be judgmental? How can I have a heart that's like Jesus and it's a giving heart that gives love, gives power, that gives grace, that gives patience to people? You see, the real secret in living the blessed life is to have the right heart. And as I told you, if we're not careful, this world will make our heart cold, mean, critical, or we'll, 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 just, we'll try to be tough and keep everyone out. So Luke chapter 6, verses 30 through 38. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, church. Be ready this weekend. Verse 30. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Verse 31. This is something I, I, this is another sermon someday. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Do to others as you would have them do to you. See, our society says do to others what I want to do to them. Remember that the golden rule, Jesus said, no, do to others, treat others the way you want to be treated. You see, you wonder why there's so many wars and conflicts and hate and anger and there's so so much divide, racial, all the political divide, because we don't do to others as we want to be treated. We do to others as we want to treat them. Come on, this is good preaching, amen? That's a different sermon, but I just want to get you on your heart. It's a heart matter. It's a heart matter. Are you ready? Okay, let's move on. Verse 32. If you love those who love you, What credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. These are the words of Jesus. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. Verse 35. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything. That's crazy, right? Then, check this out, then your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful. Can you hear that? You see what God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Verse 37, here's this, here's the tie-in. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Verse 38, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your life lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I'm going to read that last part again. For the measure that you use to other people, it will be measured back to you. You see, the Bible calls our heart in Jeremiah, it says the heart is deceitful. But God can give us a new heart. Amen? Say new heart. Alright? And so, God is the giver. And so, we, we take this scripture. In fact, it's a heart matter. Write that down. If you're taking notes, it's a heart matter. The misuse. Let me tell you about this. There are so many preachers, and I've probably done it, and I repent if I've ever done it here. But Luke 6.38 gets pulled out of context all the time. It's always talked about if you give money, if you give your heart, car, you give your $10 billion, God will press down. I mean, I've been to those sermons, right? You've been there. You've been that. And God will pour down and shake it. And, excuse me, I cough. <coughs> Have you heard those sermons? That Luke 6, and, and, and he, you know, and it's just like the great, and I mean, I've heard it. If you give your money today, God will do that. And that's not really exactly what he's talking about. Somewhat, but he's saying, if you give love, 
that's going to be like, have you ever like, anybody know what a, a, a grain bag of seeds, you ever seen that? TV, life, drawn, picture, just imagine, okay, so the, a grain bag is this, it's a big bag, at least it can be 100 pounds, it can be about this tall, this wide, okay, it's like burlap, or now it's plastic today, and they could put grain in there, and so they would measure the grain, and they would, and so God is saying, imagine, so if you, the, as, as much love as you give, that's what you're going to get back. If you just give a handful of love, here's all the love I got for you. And God says, okay, that's fine. Here's, here's your return. And so he's saying, do not judge. Because if you judge and you're like judging people, oh, yeah, that, them, this, that, and there. And I, I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of us saying how bad people are. Come on, right? Social media, oh, they ain't all that. They're nothing. They're nothing. He said, how do you know? And so when you do that to people, guess what? It comes around back to you and it's, well, I don't judge. And you, you, it's that bag of, of, of grain. And as much as you do, you push it back, that comes back to you. So imagine if you don't like having bad stuff come to your life, then start doing good. Be nice to people. Well, no one's friendly to me. Well, try being friendly. Well, they're mean. Well, then don't be mean to them. This is what the scripture is saying. Come on, Luke 6.38 says, so, so the, for the measure that you measure out, it's going to be measured back to you. Now, if I offended you about that scripture, it, it can talk about financial giving, but it's also giving of love and giving of time and giving of grace and giving of compassion. Come on, amen? See, he's revealing a principle that applies to every aspect of your life. He's, he's, and specifically, and I talk to bosses and, and all those, and, 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 and no, no offense, younger generation, because I know none of you are here like that, but I hear from people that say the, the new generation, they come and they, they expect the company to pay me this 200, they expect them to pay a $200,000 salary, but they, yet they haven't even proven their worth yet to the company. And they come in demanding, and, and, and the really says you should work hard and say, here, I'm going to work hard, then you can pay me. We say pay me now, and then I'll work later. And see, that's not the principle. The principle is you've got to give a good day's worth of work, a good week worth of work, and watch me pour out blessing in your life. Come on, amen. In your marriage, in your singleness, if you want great relationships, you've got to pour into it. Come on, amen. Because what you put into your relationship is what comes out. Just preaching what Jesus said, all right? So it says, whatever you give, good or bad, it will come back to you. Do you want a better life? Come on, amen. Try serving good things to people. Try being nice to the server at work who, who they're working three jobs. Maybe they're in college and, and maybe their car broke down and, you, and you're impatient because they brought out sweet tea and you wanted unsweet tea, right? They brought out french fries and you wanted a salad and you ripped their head. Wow, what's wrong with you, right? Come on, amen? And you call yourself and then you give them a card. Will you come to my church this Sunday? And they're like, yeah, right. See ya. Come on, amen. Good preaching, isn't it? You see, if you give grace, grace will be given back to you. If you give forgiveness, forgiveness will be given back to you. Come on, this is good, right? You give judgment, what's coming back to you? You give hate, what's coming back to you? You give patience, what's coming back to you? Come on, amen. We all need patience, don't we? You see, God is not up in heaven saying, boy, if my people would just catch the vision of having more stuff. If they would just take Luke 6.30 and, and they would just take that scripture and make it more about money and stuff. No, he's saying if they would just take my heart and make their heart 
more like mine. I will pour out blessing like they've never seen in their lives. Come on, amen, it's good preaching. So it's a heart matter. He wants us to catch the vision of having a heart like Jesus. A giving heart, a generous heart, a loving heart, a forgiving heart, a compassionate heart. The second part is, this is what the heart of Jesus is all about. If you want to write that down. When it comes to giving, the motivation of the heart is what matters. I'm not talking about money giving, which you can talk about that, but I'm talking about giving your life. Giving your, again, I think about the, the soldiers and the sailors, the marines, the airmen, and the co- all these people that have served, the civilians that have served, and they gave their life knowing full well going into a war situation that I could die, but I'm doing this so that this country of mine, which I love, will have a better life. And you see, we live in a generation that says, I only give when I get something out of it. These people gave knowing that they would not return. And this is what Jesus said. He said, I gave without, without anything expecting a return, but I gave my life so that they could have life. And see, this is the heart of Jesus. And if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, this should be your heart. Come on, amen? You see, when we, when we say, well, yeah, I love Jesus, and, and, uh, but I only do it so I can get something out of it. Here's what James says about that. James 4.3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You see, God is, he is saying, and of course, he's not about money there, but he's saying, if all you do is go through life, what can life do for me? What can the church do for me? What can the government do for me? What can my family do for me? What can my company do for me? What can my school do for me? And you say, God, bless me, bless me, bless me. God says, I'm not going to give to you because all you're seeking is to seek pleasures for yourself. And it's okay to have pleasures. The Bible says it's okay to go on vacation. It's it's nice to go to do nice things. But he says, I want to give to you so you can be a blessing to others. I want you to have the heart of Jesus. Come on, amen? This message of Jesus is give. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right? Jesus, in, in fact, here in, in, in Luke chapter 6, you can read it later. Do it, please do read it later. It says, give to those who ask. When your coworker says, hey, I'm behind in a project, and I know you're sitting there checking out Facebook for like three hours now, can you just help me? No, that's not my job. That's, that's what you paid. I, I don't I've got no time for that, right? And don't be surprised next time your project's behind, and they're sitting there scrolling through social media and you're like, hey, can you help me? They're like, no. You remember what happened last time? I asked you for help and you didn't want to help me. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Right? And so Jesus said, when they ask, give. It's not my job. I'm, and I, man, if you ever, don't say that around me ever. It's not my job. My mom and dad never raised me to live like that. In church, in home, in school, in work, in life, it's not my job. Then what are you going to do? What is your job? What is your life? Well, I don't know. Jesus said to give. If someone asks, give. Well, I don't have it. Well, then find some way to give it to them. Seek God. Amen? He's a miracle God. Amen? Give love and mercy to those who don't deserve it. Did you remember when I read that? God is loving and merciful. Though, and I, I'm, oh man, you know how it is. You're like, they're not nice to me. I'm not going to be nice to them, right? Aren't you glad God is not like that with us? Come on, amen? He loves us. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm love the ungrateful. Give love. Give mercy to those who don't deserve it. Give mercy to those who have wronged you. Life is too short to be angry at people. Pastor Stan, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. And I'm sorry that they did hurt you, but you need to let go because they, they are hurting you. Actually, you're hurting yourself by holding on to hurt. 
you're hurting yourself. God is a giver. And yes, He wants us to be like that. A giver of life, a giver of mercy. You see, our motivation should not be to give so we can receive. We just should give because this is what Jesus does. This is what my Heavenly Father is like. That should be my heart. Come on, amen? You see, Proverbs 15.30 says this, A cheerful look brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. Smile at people. Right? When they give you that snarl, smile, man. God bless you. And if, right? The co, you know, the coworker that's having a bad day when you go to, you know, when you go to the store and, and the server's having a bad day and they got a bad attitude, smile. Be nice. Hey, say, how you doing? How can I pray for you? What? Yeah, you can do that. Life is good. And say, how can I pray for you? Second Corinthians 9, 7, it says, each man, each person should, should give what he's decided to, in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, this is talking about money, but I'm trying to use it for today to say, just give. Give. Be a giver in every aspect of life. Just, just say, man, God has given me so much, alright? So let's talk about how to break the selfish heart. These are some signs of the selfish heart. So God warned the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 15, 9 through 11. I don't know if I have it up there. But this is the heart that we don't want. Say, this is the heart that we don't want. So let me read this to you, okay? Deuteronomy 15, 9 through 11. It says this, and I have it awesome. Be careful not to arbor this wicked thought. Think of that for a moment. The seventh year, the year for canceling debts is near. So... You do not show ill will towards your needy brother and give him nothing. He may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. Give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God, check this out, will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. Let me just give you some backstory. So back then they had this, the, the laws of the 70, the 7th. On the, on the 70th year, they would cancel all debt. We should reinstate that, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? We just, all debt is canceled after the 70th year. So, I mean, everything. So, so what happened was God was saying to the person, now, if they come to you and you know that it's about time for debt cancellation and they're like, listen, my, my, my horses have died, my, my sheep are dead, can I borrow some of yours and my grain is gone and, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to pay you back. I don't know when I'm going to pay. And, and it is like a month away from, from like the debt cancellation. You know what I would probably do in my heart? It's like, you know what, Pastor Raphael has some. Go talk to him. I'm seriously. And so what God is saying to them is don't be like that. And here's what God calls it. That's a wicked heart. That's a selfish heart. And you see, we live in a society that tells us it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to have a heart like that. And God says, no, it's not okay. God clearly labels selfishness as wickedness. That's scary, isn't it? You see, a selfish heart says, I won't have enough or God will not provide my needs. And God always provides our needs. Come on, amen. In fact, it says, the last part of that verse, it says, I love verse 10, give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. You want to be blessed? Don't be selfish. You want to be blessed? Be generous with love. Come on, amen? 
This is good stuff. God is saying, don't think like that. Well, I don't have enough. The debt cancellation. I don't have enough. If my coworker asks me, I don't have enough time. If my neighbor says, come help me fix my car, I don't have time. I'm, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. When are you going to stop using an excuse? And don't be shocked when your car breaks down. You ask your neighbor, you say, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Your coworker says, can, uh, when they say, can you give me a ride? I don't have time to give you a ride. It's just going to take me five minutes extra, but I don't have that time. And then when your car breaks down and you're asking them for a ride, like, I don't have time. You see where I'm coming with this? We've got to protect our hearts. We've got to let our hearts be like Jesus. Come on, amen? Joshua 1.8 says, do, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it on day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Check this out. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, what are the keys of prosperity and generosity and success in life? It's not taking. It's not hoarding. It's obeying the word of God. It's doing what Jesus calls you to do. That's that simple. You, you see, our world tells us opposite. And if you want to be like Christ and you want your life to be blessed and successful, be generous like God is. Be loving, be compassionate, be, be caring about people. Come on, amen? Well, Pastor Stan, you don't say my coworkers. I don't care. God is telling you not to be like them. Amen? So what are the keys to prosperity and success? Then you and I need to meditate on, on Joshua 1.8. We need to meditate on in Deuteronomy 15. We must think about it. Because I don't know about you, but if I, if I catch myself not reading the Word, not praying, not engaging in worship my heart starts getting cold pretty quick. I start getting selfish pretty quick. I start getting greedy. I start thinking, what about me? What about me? And, and God always reminds me, well, what about you? And every time I start thinking about, I don't have enough, or I, I can't love people like that, He always shows me someone that is living a harder life than I am, and they're full of joy. And I, a tear wells up in my eyes, and I repent, and God, I am so sorry for thinking that my life is rough when I see their life. Or how bad it is and I see that they're giving all that they have and they have nothing to give. Come on, amen? You've got to guard your heart because the enemy is trying to make your heart hard. He doesn't want you to be blessed, but God wants to bless you by having a great heart. Come on, amen? You see, selfishness is our enemy. Selfishness tries to make deals with God and not obey God. We are born selfish. Prove it, Pastor. Again, you put any two-year-old in a room full of toys, right? And come on, we, I've talked about this many times. You put a, there's, a, there's a two-year-old child in there playing with a toy and there's ten toys on the floor, right? And you put another two-year-old or three-year-old child in there and that child goes and picks up another toy. What's that two-year-old do that's already there? That two-year-old drops that toy, goes to that toy, takes it from that kid. Mine! And then that kid says, fine, that's fine. And that kid goes and finds another toy and, starts, and then kid number one sees that kid, kid number two playing. And what does kid number one do? Mine! We don't have to teach our kids to be selfish. They're already selfish. Scary, isn't it? And you see, that doesn't go away when we become adults. We think as adults, well, I'm not like that anymore, but you really are because I know what I'm like. I know what I'm like. I'm selfish if I don't let God change my heart, if I don't keep Him in my love because I will get out of whack. See, selfishness is deep-rooted in every human being. And if you don't believe me, try going and out to eat with a man and taking food off his plate. Try to take a, a wing. Try to take some ribs off his plate. Take some french fries. Try to grab french fries from his bag and watch what happens to your hand. 
Now I'm, I'm more loving and God's working on my heart. So now when you have women, it's funny because women, when women get together, you, and women, you're awesome, you're generous. Oh, let me try that. And you're like, they're trying. And men like, uh, you don't hear guys, hey, let me try some of your ribs there. And that guy, oh, please try my ribs. The guy's like, you, you, you want ribs? You should have ordered your own ribs. Amen? Am I preaching? Right? This is true. It's because it's our name. And by the way, so when, when you order fries and you wonder why your husband grumbles and you're like, you know, and when you go like, and it, it's funny because, you know, you, you, they ask, what do you want? Do you want anything from the drive-thru? You want? No, I, I don't want anything. I'll have some of yours. And the man in the mind say, no, you're not. No, I'll have some of yours. He's like, no. So I'm asking you, do you want some? No, I'll just have some of your fries. No, you're not. And he's smiling. Oh, sure, honey. But in his mind, he's like, no, you're not. And those fries in the bag, those are mine too. Come on, right? Right? So this is a selfish thing that humans deal with all the time. It's funny, isn't it? But it's true. My point is this. Our default, the human heart, is to hoard, to be fearful, to be cynical, to be critical, to be judgmental, to be mean. But God says, don't allow the world to make your heart like that because I don't have a heart like that. Come on, amen? It's a matter of the heart. So the fourth thing is grieving heart. It's the grieving heart. Have you ever bought a car or house and afterwards, after the initial excitement and after the first ding on the side of your car, right? Or the, the door breaks or the glass breaks or all of a sudden you realize you have a mouse infestation or a lucucaracha infestation uh, in your house. All of a sudden the joy of the house, like, oh my goodness, what do I do, right? I had this, in my last year, this associate pastor, he bought a new car. I remember, and then after like, after about a week, he's like, he was like coming off his depressed. I'm like, what's wrong with that? I got this car payment now. What am I going to do? I said, like, well, let me be loving to you. Suck it up. No one forced you to buy that new car, right? So this is what the salesmen call this buyer's remorse, right? You go buy a new car. You add, and especially, you got to be careful. Don't buy something just out of like when you like, you're like, oh, I want to buy. I want just, when you're like whimsical, you need to think it through, right? Have someone come with you. Can you afford this? How's it going to affect your budget? No, we just need a new house. We need a new car. And that's fine. You need that. But does it fit? And so when you impulse buy, in fact, it's like when you impulse buy, men and women do this. They'll impulse buy. And a lot, the next day they return everything. Now, the sad news is with a car and house, you can't do that. Right? I think, I think now you have a house also within like so many days if you don't think it's right. But most of us with the first month or two months, like, this is great. And, and then when the, the first payment comes in, right? This is not so great, right? The grieving heart can destroy us. And here's what Deuteronomy, here's what God is saying to the children of Israel, Deuteronomy 15.10. Reading out the New King James, it says, You shall surely give to them, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your works, and all which your hand, you put your hand to. See, according to scriptures, when someone wants us to help them and we give, we grieve. I could have used that money. I could have used that time. I was happy, but they've worn me out now. And you see, unfortunately, that's filling into the church today. Well, I serve in the nursery, I give money. I come and what am I getting out of it? I, I, I could be sleeping in on Sunday mornings. That's a grieving heart. God says, don't do that. 
That'll destroy you. He says, he says, don't have it. When God asks you to give and help your neighbor, your coworker, your church, whatever, give with a joyful heart. Come on, amen? Because it says, whatever your hands find to do, He will bless it. You see, the success is having a giving heart. The key to success is having a generous, loving heart like God. Not a grieving heart. Oh my goodness, I could have... Why did I give to the seven project? Why do I give tithes? Why do I give the missions? Why do I come to church? It's because God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be a giver like Him. He wants you to enjoy life to its full. So how do we combat grief? How do we combat it? How do we, how do we combat grief? Well, you have to get first... Is you've got to get the proper perspective on possessions. Possessions are just possessions. You don't own them. They just go away sometime. In fact, sadly, some possessions own people's lives. Don't allow that to happen. Bottom line is God owns everything. Come on, amen? God owns everything. So here's some questions. Does my heart grieve over giving money to a project or tithing? Do I ever feel myself worrying about money loss? Do I ever feel upset when I've spent time helping a coworker or a neighbor or stay late at work? And the answer to those are yes. And you say, God, help me to have a heart like Jesus. Because God blesses generosity. He blesses you when you stay extra and help a coworker. When you help the neighbor mow the lawn because they broke their back. Or you pray for their kids. Or you go to the hospital with them and help them out. God blesses that. In many ways. Come on, amen? The fifth thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming down to the end, is spiritual heart surgery. What is the key to having a generous heart? What is the key to having a heart like God's? It's a matter of God renewing your mind and your spirit. Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So you, you don't want to be like the world? Then allow God to transform your mind. Read the Word. Pray. Come to worship. Fully worship. Have study time. Have a discipleship group. Have other people you're accountable to. See, God wants to renew your mind, but you have to let Him renew your mind. How does he renew your mind when worship music comes on? Through prayer, through worship, through Bible study, through coming to church, by spending time alone with God. You see, my new nature, when God, when I allow him to work in my life, my new nature wants to be generous. But the less time I spend with God, the less generous I am. Come on. I'll look at my family. My family's important. And I, my family's important. I, we sacrifice a lot for our families. And I think about my mom and dad, all they sacrifice for me and my, my family. And my brothers, I look back and I'm so grateful for that. And I hope my kids and I hope your kids learn generosity. You see, selfishness tries to manipulate God or make deals with Him. A generous hearted person just gives quickly without even worry. Just says, God will bless me. Come on, amen? Here it is. Here's, here's, here's another thing. Is have a grateful heart. We live in such an ungrateful society today. Even in the church, I hear it sometimes. We're ungrateful. Right? We're ungrateful for the heat. We're ungrateful for the air conditioning. We're ungrateful for the rain. We're ungrateful for the snow. We're ungrateful for the crowds. We're ungrateful for the whatever. And, and so I catch myself complaining. I'm like, Lord, please, I don't want to be like this. This is not your will. Come on, amen? 
Deuteronomy 15, 15 says, Remember, here's what he says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the, and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. He's talking about being generous. Is you've got to remember where God rescued you from. You've got to remember where you came from. Remember your roots. Remember I've told you many times, I'm not going to bore you with that because we were talking... We were blessed. We went over to our family yesterday and we had ribs. Thank the Lord Jesus for ribs slow cooked. It was awesome. We had potato salad, macaroni salad. We had cookies. We had brownies. We, it was awesome. Fresh made guacamole and tortilla chips. It was awesome. But I remember many Memorial Day weekends when that wasn't the meal. It was whatever you can find to eat. And I, and I, and I told you that the spam, the rice, and the green beans... What's for dinner tomorrow? Well, spam casserole. What's dinner for the next one? Tuna casserole. What's, what's dinner for the next one? Whatever you can find. You see, and when you remember where you came from, you're grateful. Come on, amen? If we're not grateful, then we become like the world. Why did God say to the children of Israel, remember this, remember that I took you out of slavery because He wanted them to be grateful. When we allow God to remind us of where we were, we're grateful. When you're grateful, you're generous. When you're greedy, you don't have a heart like God. Come on, amen? So here it is, greed or gratitude. Which is in your life, greed or gratitude? People respond to blessing with either gratitude or greed. So, so think about this. When you, when you give a specific person... A, a love gift or you do something nice for them like buy them a cell phone or, or, or you, you pay their bill or something like that and you do that for them. They're pleasantly surprised, right? Wow, this is awesome, right? But if you keep doing that, what happens? You see where I'm going with this, don't you? If you keep paying that bill, if you keep paying that cell phone bill, you keep buying them those shoes that they need every month and you do it out of the goodness of your heart, pretty soon what do they start thinking? This is mine. I'm entitled to this. And when you say, you know what? I'm done with that. What? How dare you? Like, I didn't have to do that. I did that. Right? So when mom and dad buys a kid a cell phone, right? It's mom and dad's cell phone. Because we paid the bill. And I footed the bill to buy that cell phone. That's mine. No, I'm letting you borrow it because I love you. And you see, God, when he says give, but I can't afford to give God. Oh? You can't afford to give. I'm giving you all this stuff and you can't afford to give. I'm just asking you to give a tenth so that you will not be greedy. I'm asking you to be compassionate to your neighbor so that you remember where I brought you from. I don't have time for that. Oh? You don't have time for that. You see, some of you today, the question for us is, are we greedy or are we grateful? Do we remember where God has brought us from? Do we remember all the things that God has done for us? And when, when he asks to give, give a little bit, and we're like, That's, I, don't, I can't, this is mine. He says, oh, whose is that? Remember, we are stewards of all that God gives us. Would you stand with us this morning? The worship team, would you come this morning? Father, help us to be like Jesus. Because it's all about the heart today, God. It's so easy for a heart to become cold, critical, cynical, 
greedy, hard. Father, you don't want us to have hearts like you. You want us hearts that are loving, caring, compassionate, not judgmental. So Lord, many of us in this room, I know I'm not trying to be mean, but many of us in this room, we have made our lives the way they are because of the way we treat other people. We have broken relations because of the way we treat other people. We are struggling financially because we are not giving back what you ask us to give. We're wondering why people at work don't want to help us because we don't give our time to help them. We wonder why our neighbors are nasty when we're nasty to our neighbors. We're wondering why people are so judgmental on Facebook and social media when we're so judgmental to them. We wonder why we don't help close friends because we can't be close to other people. Your word says to not judge or we will be judged with the same measure that we use that we measure back to you. And then specifically in Luke 6.38 says, for, for however we give, it will be given back to us. So it, will be, it will be like that grain sack that is, it's, it's poured in, it's pushed down. And if we're, if we're loving like that, we're generous like that, we're caring like that, that will be poured into our lives. But if we're not like that, then that's how we get. So Jesus, would you do a heart transformation, do a heart transplant spiritually in all of us? In my life, because Lord, the the world tells me not to be like you, but you say be like me because I want to be blessed, to be a blessing to others, Lord God. Don't let us grieve when you ask us to help someone, to pray, to give, to tithe, to do whatever. Let us not be grateful because God, you are the giver of life. And to live the blessed life is to have a heart that is like Jesus. Because Lord, someone reached out to me and told me the gospel. Someone prayed for me. Someone forgave me when I was nasty. Someone helped me when when my life was down. And so, Lord, let me be like that to other people. And know that you'll always provide. You'll provide love. You'll provide grace. You'll you'll provide peace. You'll provide finances. You'll provide time. When I give my time to help a a co-worker or a neighbor or a friend, you'll bless my time. When I tithe, you'll bless. When I give the missions, you'll bless. When I help a co-worker at work, you will bless me. But let not that be my motivation. Let my motivation be, I want to be like Christ. It's all about the heart this morning. Father, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do heart surgery spiritually in all of us in this room right now. If I'm judgmental, forgive me. If I'm greedy, forgive me. If I'm mean, forgive me. If I'm, if I'm cold and heart, heartless, God, forgive me. Because I get back what I give to other people. I don't want to be like the world. I don't want to be cynical, hateful, fearful, greedy, mean, nasty. That has never been your purpose for the church, God. We wonder why we can't reach people for Jesus. Because we're mean sometimes. We never reach out to them. We never care for them. We, we don't have compassion on them. Help us to be different, Lord. Help us to look at people in the eyes of Jesus saying, they need the love of God. Not they deserve it, but no, they need the love of God. How can I share it? Would you bring a heart renewal in this church and pastor stand in every man, every woman, every teenager, every child in this church, God? Change our hearts. It's all about the heart, God. At work, I know it's so hard to be like Christ, but Lord, you've got to transform our thinking and our mind and let us know that when we obey 